Jacob's in the house pushing the button, Mrs. Ryan. Oogie doogie. No, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mrs. Ryan. Hello, hello. Uh, it's funny. I first, uh, when we first started doing this, I sent out a, uh, it was just one of those like, you know, oh, the people your fans ever you think might be a good match. And I sent out a, a, a reach to the fellow who's here today. And it was one of those like, yeah, sure, totally. But we'll have to work it into my schedule. And it's here it is about a year later, just like everybody else. And he's here today. Chris Jacobs is in the house. Awesome. Hello, everybody. Uh, and in the meantime, Mrs. Ryan, hello, welcome back. Today is Wednesday, May 15th, 2019. My name is Jay Ryan. This is Nicole Ryan. We are the Ryans, and this is It's Tonight's Show. As I mentioned, our guest tonight is Chris Jacobs. You probably remember him from Overhauling or all the shows he's on in the, the Discovery Network and everywhere else. I believe he was on NFL for a bit. It's all over the joint. I think I saw him on Two and a Half Men once. I looked at his IMDb. <laughs> he's been in everything and a Actor lot of like, well. carpet stuff. He's so cool. Yeah. Um, so we're going to speed through this stuff and get to him as quickly as possible. There's a lot of Lufka cult stuff. We're going to get to some of that today, some of it tomorrow. Um, but welcome back, everybody. We uh, this is our first show of the, first new show of the week. We've had a bunch of those cut downs that we did. Um, but this is our first time to talk about a few things, including let's go. Let's. Mrs. Ryan, what do you think about checking in with the East Coast feed? That would be great. Over here, checking with Danbury, Chive, and the Kazman and Brooke, and see where they were on Friday morning. Roll it out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Breakfast Club. Brooke and the Kazman, East Coast feed, coming to you live. Look at everyone's in the background. Everyone who's on the show. Everyone's famous. We're gonna walk around and get everybody's attention. Just make sure they know we're in the show. Look, see, he's on the show. He runs to us, Nicole. In case you guys don't know who that is. Look, this sorry. It's the West Coast feed. West Coast feed, baby. The Breakfast Club. The B number, everyone's here. Look at this. Yeah, I know, we got tons of people here. This is how we do it on a random Friday when you happen to just come into California. Boom, my resident photographer's in the house. Everybody say hello. Come on, you're all on TV. There we go, everybody's on. Come on, boys and girls, say hi. Everyone's on. It's okay, don't be shy, don't be shy. There we go. The whole room is full back here. Look at this, we got the whole crew. Everybody wave hello. There we go, Newcombs on a Friday morning. Everybody, East Coast being coming to you from the West Coast. This is the podcast with Jay Ryan and Mrs. Ryan at the It's Tonight Show. We love you guys. Oh, man, the energy on that guy. It's incredible. That's right. East Coast Feed was on the West Coast. They came so to Breakfast to Club. They came to some of our events and stuff. Lots and lots of fun. Uh, great to see them. After the Breakfast Club, we had our Porsche open house. You remember that? Mm-hmm. With Ray Schaefer and Nicholas Hunziger and uh, Tori Alonzo, producer from this program. Um, and shortly after that, we did some promos. Um, Brooke and Kazman were like, oh, can we be on the show? And the whole bit and we're like, well, we don't actually have a show scheduled. But... They wanted, you know, the experience and everything. So we turned the lights on to do some promos and, and some other work that day. And then we also played a little trick on Brooke, and we're going to play that here now. Roll it out. East Coast feet here on the West Coast. Well, 
that can't be it. What's that? <laughs> oh, that's live. Here we go. <laughs> I'm like, what are those people doing? Roll it out. This is a, yes. it's a, rem- it's a uh, industrial. It's only for them. Actually, the, you can put it on your Instagram. Why not? We can do it. Yeah. But then there's only one question that remains. What's, What's that? that? Brooke Logan. Um, would you please become Kislaskis for the rest of your life? <laughs> oh boy, what a ruse. We had to do all those promos for this. Put it on. Let's make sure she fits. A lot of promos. Look at that. Are we good? Brooke and the Kazman, everybody. Congratulations. 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 Wow. That's a real thing. Yes, it's really rolling. It's happening. It's happening, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. No. He's been planning this for months. Yeah, very months, long And time. I was like, we don't have a show, but I'll come up with something. <laughs> yep, Mrs. Ryan. So there you go. Brooke and cool. the Kazman are becoming, I don't know, Brooke yep. and the Kazman, Kazman. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the family. They got engaged, everybody. So congratulations to Brooke and the Kaz, man. They did it right here in front of us. That was interesting. I don't remember. I've seen people get married, obviously. I don't remember if I've seen any engagements other than ours. No, I don't think I have either. Well, that's kind of wild. Yeah. All right, Mrs. Ryan, it's time to check in with you and ask oh, yeah. the question that's on everyone's mind. Dun, 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 dun. What's going on, Mrs. Ryan? Car culture is once again infiltrating the name game in the States. Oh, what does um, that mean? Well, Ford and Bentley mm. became popular names like for new babies and stuff over <laughs> the last like Jeez. bunch of years, whenever there's like a big new car or whatever. So now there's been hundreds of kids named Elon and <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> wow. I heard so, a story the other day. There's tons of Khaleesi's this year, too, for, oh, this, yeah? for the Game of Thrones people. Yeah. All right. Well, so pop culture ben- really yeah. infiltrates everything. Is it Ford and Bentley? Those are the two big ones? Those were previous. Now it's Tesla and Elon. Oh, I'm sorry. Gotcha. Yep. That's so, so funny. God, here we funny. go. Uh, the moon, we don't normally think about like the properties of it. It's just like something like a rock in the sky. and No one really knows anything Except about it. Except when you talked about it and having water up there and stuff. I'm fascinated by it because mm. to me it's just a microcosm of what's down here. So anything mm. we can study up there and relate to Earth and life and us and whatever, I think is really cool. So that's why it helps me look into it more because people don't often talk about it. Um, but they are finding that it's slowly shrinking. <laughs> Really slowly, like 150 feet over like millions of years, but yeah. it it's it it's indicative of the they're they're saying that the cause of the shrinkage is that they have earthquakes up there. They call them moonquakes. Uh, that would make sense, right? Um, <laughs> but it's it's affecting. Oh, there's there it is. Um, it's affecting just the, the the structure of the rock. So they're looking into it and like because it cools and it cools inside and then it shifts. What? I saw your face. <laughs> no, um, I, I, I'm curious where we're going with this. You're telling me all about it, but what does that do for us? What does it mean now that the Earth, the Moon is? Uh, they're shrinking? not really sure. They're just finding that it's shrinking. Right. They didn't really right, think so we'll it was. So keep an eye on it, right? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Like this is new news, right? It's new from data of the from the 60s and 70s. But yes, they're looking at it newly. Whatever. 
Um, <laughs> now that they can look more in depth on things, scientists are figuring out why stem cells are so effective in treating healing and stuff. They don't have their immune system and their uh, viral antiviral system is turned off. It's stem cells, not like regular cells that like have stuff and do stuff. So stem cells are just like not playing games. They're not interested in what's happening. They're just there to form stuff. So when you hear about stem cell research and stuff, that's where it comes in. Sounds like they're more focused cells. Yeah. Like, leave me alone. I'm doing my work. Quit farting around. Yeah. Like some of the other cells. Yes. <laughs> that they we're don't, trained to just relax. They're not as easily distracted. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's for sure. I want more of those for all of us. Same. Be more present. Uh, and then lastly... Uh, warmer water is found to contain and hold less dissolved oxygen, which might not be a big deal to people, but then colder water. Um, so with rising temperatures, there's less oxygen in the water and it's affecting fish, Mm -hmm. which whatever, except fish have ears, which I did not necessarily, I kind of assumed, but I didn't really know, but there's trees in their ears, ear stones that they're finding. So we can figure out and kind of track how water and oxygen levels affect organic matter. How about that? Oh, my gosh. And that's been what's going on. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. All right, Mrs. Ryan, thanks for the news. Let us do a quick break and get our guest Chris in here, shall we? Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Jacobs will be sitting in that chair right after we come back from this little break right here. More to come.
And with that, we are back. We're sitting here with Chris Jacobs. Dude, I've been looking forward to this conversation. Me too. Forever. I know. This is a long time in the making. I'm really excited you're here. Thanks for squeezing it in. Of course. Got marbles in my mouth today, like I said. It's all right. It prob- happens. probably say because of your schedule, we're doing this at 9 in the morning, which yes. is not normal for our little nighttime show. No, I... <laughs> You know, that's why we do things inside with no windows. Exactly. exactly. Any time of the day. Tent it, black it out. Um, I think everybody probably knows you as a Mopar guy. Yep. But how did you get into cars? Can we start there? I mean, yeah, I guess. Overall, it's it's so funny because, um, you know, I've been like a car guy for so long now that it, it feels strange to think back of how I became a car guy. I guess I attribute it to my dad and my brothers. Um. My dad always had Porsches, which kind oh, of no was shit. my love of, of the 911. Yeah. Um, I can remember distinctly three or four different um, really cool kind of unique paint jobs that he had. You know, that there's this guy on, on Instagram, Shu, who uh, you may follow or, or not. But um, he's got that real cool 911 graphic that's on the hood. Real, like, kind of 70s style, big fat numbers say 911 oh, on the yeah, hood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad had that one. Yeah, the stripes and it turns into mm-hmm. a 911. Yeah, sure. exactly. He had a beautiful, like, Robin's Egg Blue 911. Oh, that's beautiful. So, um, uh, and then my brothers uh, were more muscle car guys. Um, my brother Zach had a, uh, a GTO, 66 convertible. And uh, my brother Clay um, was into the uh, Camaros. So uh, the, the 80s Camaros, so though, the not, the, not the cool 70s Camaros, yeah, the 80s everything. Camaros, yeah. <laughs> like the Z20, um, like the, the big, the yeah, squared yeah, headlights. Yeah, 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 the, 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 the Gen maybe 4, I guess that would be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that was kind of like my introduction. I didn't really know much about cars mechanically, okay. but um, I loved the aesthetic of cars. So then when and I got overhauling, I grew up in Chicago. Okay, so he had cool cars in Chicago. That's yeah. kind of a feat. Yeah, okay. yeah, totally, right? <laughs> you can well, you know what? I mean, I grew up in New year. England. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so that, that kind of like, you know, just turned me on to cars. And then um, when I got overhauling, obviously, my knowledge of cars accelerated yeah. greatly. And um, When was that? That was a couple 2003. years ago? 2003. Okay. Yeah, 2003. So we've been, we've been on the air since 2004 um, and have never left the air even though we've been out of production for uh, a little bit we've we've gone in stages there was the first phase was 2003 to 2007 i believe and then 2012 to 2014 yeah, yeah i was gonna say i remember it being more recent than right that. okay mm-hmm. um so were you into cars but not as much until that show then yeah I, mean, I, I was into cars i loved cars i had a couple cool cars um do but, people know that about you because you really do come across as a car expert well I mean, you for sure are now you know i mean i have i have become somewhat of an expert i like to say it like this when people ask me about it you know if total car knowledge is 100 uh like chip foose is a 100 Okay. You know, he can okay. do anything with a car. That's he knows he knows all of it mechanically. He can build it. He can draw it. He can design it. He can do everything. My knowledge when I started overhauling was maybe like a 15, and now I'm up to maybe like a 35. 40, <laughs> all right. Maybe. Fair enough. That's you know? awesome. So there's still like so me. much to learn. <laughs> I am not a mechanic. I've never claimed to be a mechanic. I can take cars apart very well. Putting but, them back yeah. together, I leave to the experts, especially when we're under a time crunch like we are like in overhauling. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the simple stuff. Yeah, you know, you want me to install a taillight or something, I can figure that out. But as far as like getting a car to actually start and run properly, 
want to leave that to the experts. So it's possible that it's more. You may actually be more like me, where people just sort of assume that you know more about cars. Yeah, right. It's a, well, you do, know, you on know, television, I, it's easy to be an expert when you're cutting around absolutely, your knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm Barrett Jackson, which is live, by the way. Um, no you know, I, I rely a lot on just my kind of macro knowledge of cars. And then for the micro, I'm either reading you got the, the sheet. sheet on the car itself or I do a lot of Googling on the fly. You know? <laughs> do you really? Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Just live research? Yeah. Live research. And, you know, I'll be, I'll be – I know my hits coming up. Got my camera with me. They tell me, you know, we'll get to you in a couple of minutes. So my producer, Fran, who knows a lot about cars, too, he and I kind of brainstorm, okay, what can we say that's unique about this particular car? I like to drop a little tidbit for the audience, you know, get them tell interested. them something that maybe they don't know, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. it's What uh, would be an interesting tidbit? I mean, just like maybe an owner history? Or well, a- yeah. I mean, you got, you know, the, the for instance, the how to tell the difference between a 55, 56, and 57 Bel Air just by gotcha. looking at the car. You know, things like that. Kind of that, that macro style of knowledge. Yeah, you know this is a 57 because of the right over here, it's got the blah, blah, blah. Exactly. The real sharp fin sure. versus, you know, the 55. You can kind of see the 5 in the, in the, uh, the, the, the molding. No kidding. Yeah, on the driver's side, the, the, uh, the molding at the back actually forms the shape of a 5. No way. Yeah. That's, That's so, so cool. Yeah, so probably not intentional. It's just one of those. Uh, things, no, right? I don't think it was intentional. I think it was just one of those things. And then on the passenger side, it's a backwards S five or whatever yeah, it would be. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then um, you know the '56 just had that slightly longer tail fin, and then the '57 obviously really easy to spot because it's got that real sharp tail fin. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, I'm so I'm I'm so fascinated by you already because it, you're already not what I thought you'd be. <laughs> you know what I mean? You I don't know I don't know. I'm, all right. So that's how you got into cars. Um, I didn't know that you were a Porsche guy either till mm-hmm. till right now. Yeah, well, this is a. I mean, obviously, always a Porsche guy because of my dad, but really got into Porsches in 2005. So I was um, I was living up here in Burbank, and we were shooting overhauling down in Irvine, oh, which is a 50 a mile hike. drive, <laughs> one not, way, not including yeah. traffic. It's just straight 50 it's, miles. Hell, oh, you know, I used to take like seven different freeways to get there, mm. so. I was I was driving a 2005 Dodge Magnum at the time, and uh, which is not the most uh, Grando gas, you know. Mileage. Yeah, exactly. Not the most efficient car. So I'm like, I need a little freeway zipper. You know, I need. So I was thinking like maybe a 240Z or something like that. Oh, something fun. Yeah, but, something. Yeah. yeah, economical and small and just a little go kart. So I was standing in a 7-Eleven. And I don't even know if they have these anymore, but Auto Trader, you know, like the sure, actual yeah, hard, like hard the copy of Auto Trader. Yeah. The... So I I picked it off the <laughs> magazine shelf and I'm paging through it and i come across this 911 85 911 triple black targa um so i didn't even buy the auto trader i just pulled up my phone i dialed the number (laughs) (laughs) put it back on the shelf and it just so happens that uh well you're saving up for a porsche at that point yeah right exactly 50 leave it there he was living uh the guy who was selling it um he was actually selling it for his dad he was living down in laguna so i my lunch break from overhauling in irvine went down to laguna Drove this car. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I knock on the door. This guy, Reed, uh, answers the door. And um, he's like, yeah, come on down. He was selling it for his dad, who had it as his desert car. Just his Palm Desert little cruiser. So it only had 80,000 miles on it at the time, which translated to about 5,000 miles a year he had driven it. Which is, like, really perfect. just broken in, basically, for a a 911. But it's been driven, so it's it's maintained, Exactly. So I drive it. Love it. My budget is seventeen thousand dollars, right? 
So it was a few know, years ago when these were. This is two thousand five, where you yeah. can still get it. It's now yeah. over double that. <laughs> yeah, and then so I, you know, I tell him, I said, "Hey, listen, you know, seventeen's my budget. You're you're asking nineteen five. I think you know, can you can you work with me here?" And uh, like the car, I want. The yeah, car. I love the car. Yeah. You know, got. He's like, you know, let me ask my dad. He goes in, he calls me. He's like, you know, he just he really can't do it. He wants to hold fast to his price. I go, guess it wasn't meant to be, and I left. So I called him the next day because, I mean, I could not stop thinking about this car. It was perfect mm. and still is. Your face uh, just lights up. Yeah, oh, my God. Family I love this car so much. Exactly. <laughs> For sure. This, it doesn't matter how much this car is worth because I'm never selling exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it might as well be $5 or $5 million. It doesn't right. matter. So I called the next day and I said, hey, listen, I really love that car. I just want to try one more time. You know, he's like, calls his dad again and he's like, all right, well, my dad will meet you halfway. So ended up coming down a little bit. I squeezed out a couple more bucks from my budget, and I mean that that was the best day of my portion life. And you got it done. That and, you, and you did it. Got it done. I drive it all the time. And here's the best part of the story. So Reed, the guy who sold it for me to me on behalf of his dad, I kept seeing him. I saw him at Barrett Jackson. I saw him at SEMA, and he'd always be like, "Hey man, how's the Porsche?" And I was like, <laughs> "Reed." He's like, "Yeah, yeah." So <laughs> then he started working for Barrett Jackson. He worked for uh, Ten, which is uh, the Enthusiast Network, which okay. you know became Motor Trend. Um, and uh, now he is my manager. Reed's what? my manager. He got out of doing that of and went into uh, yeah talent management. And uh, we work together now. And he's uh, he's and he's a friend of mine now too. So yeah. it's it's fantastic. It's a great relationship that we have. It sounds like a guy who clearly had an aptitude who could do whatever he wanted. But Absolutely. I mean that's a bit of a career shift. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> from cars to entertainment. And a great yeah. story. Yeah. Um, really well, congratulations neat. on getting a friend, a yeah. manager, oh, and a cool-ass car. It could not have worked it. out better. And yeah, the, and a cool-ass car. And yeah. it's like that car is just a dream. It's now got 118,000 miles Good on for it. You. Runs like a top. Um, I love taking the target top car, off. It's probably not a commuter car for you anymore. No, I mean, well, it's it's kind of like. I have I have a little stable of cars that I that I drive, so I don't really have a daily driver. Sure, um, I'm going to be uh, picking one up soon, though. I think I'm going to I'm going to finally break down and get a, uh, ch- a Charger Hellcat. Yeah. Okay, a friend of ours. So that's what I'm looking. That's just fierce. I'm kind of I'm I'm waiting to see if they come out with a Charger Red Eye, but that might be a little too much horsepower for a daily driver. Not <laughs> not that 707 in the Hellcat. It's so isn't too Earl much. Skakel's got it one is, of those. It. Yeah. horsepower, but uh, you know, it's it, they're they're awesome cars. Well, the sound for one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and so the Mopar thing, and and then you said GTO before too. My brother had a GTO. But yeah. were you into that at all? I mean, yes. Just I mean, I, I appreciate GTOs. Okay. Uh, I got a buddy down in Orange County who um, he has a huge, huge GTO collection. Um, I'm really good friends with the DeLorean family, so that's why every time the GTO comes up, I'm like, that's a, almost a more famous car than like the DeLorean. Yeah, yeah, right. Know, that, I mean, that he, John he named the, the the GTO the GTO to kind of stick it to Ferrari a little bit. Right, it's the same people. Uh, well, John DeLorean used to be with General Motors back oh. in the day before yeah. he left to go start his own car company. Uh. Right. Um, so every time the GTO comes up, I, fu- I feel this like some personal uh, responsibility to be like, you know, John DeLorean did that too, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, that's, that's great automotive history. <laughs> and I love, I love uh, if I am in Detroit and I have a free day, um, I take a little nostalgia historical tour of Detroit. You know, I've been to the Fisher plant and, and you know, the original uh, Ford plant down there. And, of course, I hit all the, the, the Dodge 
manufacturing plants, Lynch Road and Hamtramck, which no longer is there. It's just a big field now. Oh, is but that the true? Lynch Road uh, plant is still there. Yeah. And no longer manufactures cars, but the building itself is still standing. Are you into like design or architecture or any of that stuff? Oh, too? yeah, absolutely. So am I. So the GM plant is so uh, attractive to me with the old Saarinen uh, yep. buildings and all that yeah. stuff. I love that. Um, all right. Well, switching things around a little bit. I didn't know until today. Well, I saw you on a uh, three and a half, men, uh, two and a half men once yep. a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. But that was two thousand three. I did. Were you an actor first? I was before hosting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I went to you uh, probably still are. I went to imagine. college. Well, I mean, not really. I haven't done any acting okay. in if a somebody while. Wanted to hire if you, yeah, if someone wanted to hire me, yeah, I, go, I would go do call it, Reed. Of course, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> talk to this guy. You should do it or not. <laughs> Make me an offer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I went to college and I went to law school. I passed the bar on my first try. And Do then, people know uh, that about you? I, I think it's known. I mean, I've, I never practiced. I went right into acting as soon as I got done taking the bar. <laughs> like most. Yeah, yeah, right. I said, what, what's, <laughs> what's harder than off. trying to be an attorney? Let me see. Oh, trying to be an actor. Yeah, yeah good job. I want the same thing, but with a whole lot of turndowns. <laughs> Where so was I, law rejection. school? I went to law school at Western State okay. down in uh, Fullerton. Uh, past the February of 2000, no, I'm sorry, 2000, February of 1995 bar. So I was an attorney at 25 and then Holy got smokes, into acting. Man. I was an actor from 95 till 2003. Moderate success. Did a lot of commercials, a um, bunch of TV shows like Two and a Half Men. I mean, that um, was one of the biggest shows going at the time. So yeah. That's why I said that one first. Yeah. It was, was a lot of other stuff. That was, that was a lot of fun. I only had a couple lines and it was a very memorable scene with Charlie Sheen. And, um, <laughs> and so uh, then in 2003, I got, uh, I got overhauling and that's kind of when my life, you know, really changed and became a host i recognize that i have more of a skill at hosting than i do at acting yeah i feel the i same was way. a very kind of run-of-the-mill actor um but as a host I, I feel very comfortable and you know feel like i i have a skill at it so well you have a great personality yeah so Thanks. you seem to be uh, some people when i first started doing this you get all hosty right and <laughs> you can't do that you no. just have to be yourself and you're just so good at being yourself Thanks. that that everyone, I think, anyway, for, for us, anyway, it's just, oh, he's so nice and likable and relatable, and I want to be his friend. And that is the best possible uh, uh, list of things you can have if yeah. you're going to be doing that job. Absolutely. And that's, that's what I try to do. I just try to be myself. I mean, this is who you get. I mean, certain things you got to, you know, kind of adjust your hostiness to mm -hmm. kind of fit what you're talking about. You know, I've done, I've done a very wide range. I've, I've kind of become the go-to live guy for Discovery. Like I just got back from Egypt. I was doing Egypt I live it's out on there. Here. Yeah, that I'll was, talk about that whenever you're that was ready. <laughs> unbelievable experience. But you know, I did this thing years ago called um, uh, what was it? Exorcism Live, where mm -hmm. we went to the house where the events that the exorcism is based on actually in, in, occurred. Oh no! Shit. In St. Louis, yeah. Wow. So for that, you got to be very, you know. Exorcism Live. Welcome <laughs> back to you know. So you got to you got to kind of adjust a little bit. Based on what you're hosting, but for the most well, part, doesn't that also isn't that self protection? A <laughs> little bit. If I turn it on a little bit, then it's not me talking. This there is was, my job. There was a yeah. Don't look at the camera. A small <laughs> element of that, um, and then uh, <laughs> Memorial Day, I'm hosting uh, Diesel Brothers Live. What's that? They're going to be um, this this big live event in Utah. I believe what's happening is they are going to jump a diesel truck over an airplane Shut that up. is flying. <laughs> that is flying. It's a stunt airplane pilot who is going to fly I'm underneath. I'm picturing the Ken Block thing where the motorcycle goes over. Yeah, the yeah, pretty much. But it's a plane and a diesel truck. Yeah. 
So that should to... be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it must be one torquey diesel truck. It's yeah. It's uh, well, they they jumped it. Uh, like what kind of truck? Last is it? weekend. It's it's a it's a, it's a um, no. It's not a semi. It's just a big. It, I'm, I'm blanking on on what they call it. Um, They've they've got a name for but the, the truck. Imagine a giant pickup truck or a yes, box truck. Yes, a okay. giant a giant uh, pickup truck. Yeah, if you watch the latest episode of Diesel Brothers, it's all the preparation for Leading the up. live event. Yeah, so it'll give you an Sounds idea. Nuts. But uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward. Where to Where are you going to do it? You said Utah. Outside of Utah, but oh, an hour outside God. of Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. It's just somewhere out there in Garden of the Gods or something. Yeah. Like, Lots where of room. they hide Airwolf. Is that what it's going to be? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Again, dating I'll myself. Look, I'll look around for those guys. <laughs> Um, in preparation for this, I watched an old episode of uh, Overhauling. Oops, sorry. You and Chip Foose, of course, yeah. uh, and it was the 356 episode, Porsche 356 oh, episode, yeah. mm-hmm. with our good friend and neighbor, Rod Emery. He was the MVP on that build. Absolutely. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Do you, was, do you remember that well Oh, enough? absolutely. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I looked at the date, and I was like, this is not recent. And and, and you look like a kid, and Rod Emery <laughs> looks like a kid, and <laughs> right? it's like, oh, my gosh. I remember it like it's yesterday. When was when it? it? Probably 10 years ago, it, I think. No, it was probably well, – that was in the second run, so it was sometime oh, between 2000. 12 and 2015 so it wasn't that long ago that's not um a lot of like uh the the vw purists were very upset because we had the oval window yeah exactly so that kind of um was well I, a, I was looking at that episode this morning and and i'm thinking to myself nothing about this is really okay today right you know what i mean yeah because the car that's sitting there that you guys are going to overhaul and make better um is nowadays probably worth more how it was sitting no, at, not at the well, time. Yeah, not at the time. You know, it was a very, very rough car. Um, oh, okay. It required a lot of metalwork. Gotcha. Um, so it was TV friendly, but up it was. Close. It was. You know. Yeah. I mean, every car is special, of course, and valuable to whoever puts value in that car. You know, it's like that old saying: what, "What's every car worth? What someone <laughs> what would are you pay willing for it? to pay?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. I didn't view it that way. Obviously, Rod didn't view it that way because he was on the build with us. Um, yeah. The VW purists uh, were freaking out because they thought that we had cut up a oval window VW, which we did not. We oh. just had that piece. Well, you did. It was. It made it seem that way. It, right? Yeah. It. But we did not. You know, cut into like a existing VW. It was gotcha. just this shell, and we. You know. Took the back Good window. Good for out of people. It. Yeah, to know. exactly. I'm glad you can clarify. I mean, if anything, you saved a part of an old car. Exactly. Yeah, and we kind of made this cool Frankenstein version of a Porsche with a VW rear window in it. And it, essentially, I mean, if you know your Porsche history, VW is Porsche. Yeah, same thing. You know, yeah. I mean, especially back then, Ferdinand Porsche designed the Beetle. Mm-hmm. You know, that was his first commission when Porsche was a, a, a consigner. Essentially, they were. Uh, a design house and the German government came to them and said, we need a people for the car of Volkswagen. <laughs> and uh, they, he designed the Beetle. You know, I mean, if you think about the, the design history of the Porsche family, it's unbelievable between the Beetle, the 356, and of course the 911. Those are three of the most iconic designs of all in time. automotive history. Of and all it time. Came from yep. three generations of Porsche. Of any car. Like just iconic exactly. visual. Like-, like you see, especially the 911, you see a 9 or even probably more so a beetle Mm -hmm. anybody on the planet knows that that's a volkswagen beetle without a doubt yeah the way they may call it a bug or whatever right whatever they want to call it yeah same thing i think with the 911 like everyone knows at least that's a porsche yeah you know that's the reason the design hasn't changed since 1963 or whenever it was you know debuted the show yeah 
All right. Well, with that, is there anything you can tell us that was uh, interesting or special from that build? And again, because it's so fresh in my mind. And, <laughs> and at the time, it was one of my all-time favorites. Because whatever we said a few minutes ago, I love how the car turned out. It was really, yeah. really cool. Oh, so cool. You know cool. what I mean? Like, so I, cool. I would take it. Yeah. <laughs> I would drive that car. I love everything about that car. I love the color that pick, that Chip picked. With um, the stripe and yeah, everything on the bottom. Yeah, I the love stripe that. along the running board is phenomenal. Color. The color. It's it's, it's like, like kind of a white. creamy white. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so pretty. Well, it's beautiful with this... Um, kind of red houndstooth interior That's the banjo cool. steering wheel he did the little tiny uh um reverse lights on it yeah and little, shaved uh, the bumpers and stuff shaved the bumpers down of course which is a foo signature and um obviously the the rear window is the the major design change in it which i think just oh, really made it though makes it even better yeah, yeah. i know because it's I so too. unique and then to have it just Rod, looks good though it the, looks like it was supposed to be that it way. does and that well that's that's chip's genius is that he does design changes to cars where you wouldn't notice them and then unless they were sitting next to a stock whatever it was right like cool. when he won his latest riddler award with the imposter which is a 65 impala he very wisely displayed it next to a stock impala so you could oh, really appreciate you work. the differences exactly because you'd look at the car and be like wow it's beautiful 65 impala but you know why why is it why do i love it why do i love it so much <laughs> why is it making me feel all these feels yeah, yeah. So, uh, God, so well, it, it's, and that's that, that rear window on the, on the 356 was really that same way. It's like you, it would just speak to you and you wouldn't know why, unless it was sitting, unless you were a Porsche expert or a yeah. 356 expert or, or it was sitting next to a stock one, but having Rod Emery on that build and kind of giving it his blessing and well, giving, you were a Porsche guy at that point. Did you already knew who Rod was, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I was, I was kind of in my kind of salad days of my Porsche uh, <laughs> fanaticism, um, but uh, much more so than now. I had, I had heard his name. I'd never met him before. Okay. I wasn't really familiar with his work until we started the uh, the episode, and I, okay. I kind of did a little research on him and said, whoa, this guy is Knows amazing. Yeah. yeah, And, I mean, he has blossomed into the 356 guy you know, in the world. So his shop is unbelievable. The car that he just debuted at Luftkakult was Phenomenal! I cannot wait to see it in person. Same that here. Just gorgeous. The pictures yeah. are so pretty. Yeah, him you, and Amy's photos are just incredible. You were working, so we're not able to go to Luftgekult this year. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't working. I was actually in Chicago visiting my family. Oh, okay. Um, out of town, and uh, I was out of town. I was throwing out the first pitch of the Cubs game. Uh, Seriously? On the same Congratulations! Day, on the That's awesome. Thank you. The fourth you time first, I did it. Fourth no, time. My fourth time. I'm a lifelong Cubs fan. Uh, as you can see, I saw that there from sure. the hat. Yeah. Um, so uh, being at Wrigley is just like uh, going home, basically. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Do you, is that? Um, it's sort of a silly question, but I would have to assume that that's one of the nice parts of uh, success and being uh, known it for really what is. you do. Is yeah, that you get opportunities. I like do. That. Yeah, I get uh, really, amazing get opportunities. Totally, totally. I mean, I, I really just have to pinch myself and say, "Wow, you're really lucky to be able to do the kind of things that you do." You know, I. I don't want to say I take it for granted, but it's like sometimes I have to stop and say, look where you are right now. You're walking out to the mound on Wrigley Field. You're about to throw the first pitch out. (laughs) You're chatting with Joe Madden, the manager. You know, (laughs) you're saying hey to the fans and stuff. And it's it's just it's really cool. It's special. That's why I I always try to be as nice as possible to everybody and take time with people because, you know, if it weren't for them, you wouldn't have the opportunities and the privileges that you do. So, you know, people say, I'm so sorry to bother you. It's like, no way. Bother me. 
In fact, yeah. when you stop bothering me, that's, <laughs> that's when the there's a problem. That's yep. a bad yeah. day. That's when I'm unemployed. Continue <laughs> exactly. to bother me because it means that I'm still doing what you want me to do. Do you know who Nicholas Hunziker is? Oh, yeah, of we course. We had him on the other day. Yeah. He's a good friend. He does our wardrobe and yep, everything. But we had him that. on the other day, and uh, and he was talking about you know how many commissions he has backlogged. And we were saying, oh, my God, I don't know how I'd sleep at night. And he's like, well, the moment that backlog's gone, I'm unemployed. Like, right. I don't, you know what I mean? You have to keep that. Yep. So it was sort of an eye-opening uh, thing for me. I have to assume it must be that way for you with hosting uh, duties here, there, everywhere. If you're, if the phone stops ringing, that's that's not good. That's bad. Yeah, yeah that's really bad. But fortunately, it's continued to ring. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, most recently, Egypt. Yes. Can we talk about Egypt? Of because course. I, I, I'm fascinated with the subject in general. I'm. I never went to college, but that's something I could have studied. It was an amazing experience. Um, we did not do the traditional kind of. Egyptian touristy things like I didn't we, go to the pyramids. Again, you were working, I didn't right? go to the Sphinx. Yeah, we got we landed in Cairo. We were only in Cairo for about eight hours, and then got up very early in the morning, got on a bus, and we went down to Minya, which is about four hours south of Cairo. Okay, and this is where the dig site was. And they Do people believe, know what you, were, what, what you were there for? Or? Uh, yeah, we were there to um, to open for the first time ever a sarcophagus on live television, and it turns out that there was this beautifully preserved mummy in there, who they believe is what's a sarcophagus? A sarcophagus is the, the like Egyptian King Tut's, coffin for, a, for you know, lack of a better, you know, okay. King Tut's golden uh, sarcophagus, but it's the big you know casket. Okay. Yes, yeah, so they. So they Ugh. used Sometimes to do it. Pharaoh's face on it from the old days. That is, right. that's, that's, that's what I was seeing in my head. So this, these these sarcophagus or sarcophagi, uh, which is <laughs> I'm the plural sarcophagus, I believe, <laughs> um, they were uh, carved out of limestone because by this point in Egyptian history, they had lost all their wealth and you know the the days of um, uh, burying their pharaohs in golden caskets and tombs of riches were long gone so this is about 600 years after king tut but they discovered this site which they believe is going to turn out to be the biggest uh necropolis in the history of egypt they said they're going to be digging there for another five years they think there may be upwards of a thousand tombs down there theoretically it's all covered in the sand right i mean it is it is it's completely completely covered and um so they they had three tombs that had been excavated one known as the robber's tomb because Mm -hmm. all the sarcophagus had been robbed they chiseled holes in the sides of the sarcophagus reach in grab whatever's in there and this is well they used to be thousands of years ago too riches back right this is going back 2500 years the family Mm -hmm. tomb which was a series of graves down there and the you know the skeletons are down there and it was amazing to go down into these tombs. It's like a, it's a holy place, right? I mean, that's their last. Uh, it is, resting uh, yeah, place. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the the main tomb, which is where the sarcophagus that was sealed was found, and they opened that on live television, and that was like the the you know. Yeah, but there you, you the but big you did moments. It. it wasn't Al Capone's vault with nothing. It in was it. not. I mean, you no, had we kind of we we deal. had a pretty good idea. I mean, the Egyptologists that we were working with, who are by the way the most renowned Egyptologists in the world, Doctor Zahi Hawass and Dr. Mustafa Waziri. Um, Shout out to those guys. Can you believe I just pulled off both no. those names? I'm so, so impressed. impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I said those names a lot to practice, trust me. Um, but it was it was a very cool and unusual experience because once down in Minya, we were staying on a, a riverboat, which was our hotel basically, on the Nile River. Holy shit. So my smokes. view out of wow. my hotel room was the Nile. And this is a very rural part of the Nile, so just completely surrounded by farmland. 
Very, very cool. Wow. And we were working nights. So we would leave the boat at about 3 p.m. and get back there at like 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning. What was the reason for working nights? Was it? Well, to be, to be, because we were going to be live. Oh, you had to. And so, yeah, it was 2 to 4 a.m. in Egypt was. Strictly production. 8 to 10 p.m. in in New York. Yeah. So, um, but it worked out very well because I was going right from Egypt to Barrett Jackson, Palm Beach. And uh, so I was basically on the East Coast sleep schedule. So I didn't have any jet lag at all. It was amazing. Weird. I landed in Miami 6 p.m. on Tuesday night, went to sleep. Everything was fine. Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. production meeting for Barrett Jackson and just hit the road. That's hit, so yeah. wild. I for kept waiting for jet to lag to, to set in, and it never did, which was great. <laughs> but uh, So we would go from the river to the dig site, and that was it. And we were under very heavy uh, police protection, yeah, I bet. police escorts the whole way. Never felt unsafe. Um, and then literally I had to kept, keep reminding myself that – I'm in the middle of the desert, like the middle of the desert. You know, Minya is the closest town, but that's a very kind of small and third world type of city. And the coolest part, I think, um, was that every night at 4.30 in the morning, the the sound of them praying would kind of float across the desert. The group, the the group desert. prayers? Yeah. Wow. You could hear them chanting. That's really pretty. It was really, really cool. Yeah, it was eerie, but you knew what it was, so it wasn't too much of a, a mystery but um it it, it well, kind of created too, right? a it's really praying, cool but it's a positive thing yeah it's a positive thing and and just you know it kind of was like just you had to you had to take a moment and go wow this is really happening right it gets now. this is skin. where i am yeah. yeah and then the the live show itself went off without a hitch um congratulations it yeah, was kind of amazing yeah. yeah yeah we had one small audio issue but we we owned it and we you know cleared it up in the next segment, yeah, and uh, people TV, actually man. seemed to like that a lot. That we kind of acknowledged that that happened. It gave it gave the audience the knowledge that it is indeed live and yeah. not overproduced, right? Right, like exactly. this is happening. Got to have a little, yeah. Got to wow. let, let them let them see the warts a little bit. Were you into um, Egyptology or any of that stuff? No, previous? not at all. No. no, it's just you know, as I said, I've 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 done. Gosh, I've done so many of these live events for Discovery now. It's just I feel comfortable doing live TV, mm-hmm. and they know that they can trust me to to pull it off. So they, you know, they gave me the gig. I campaigned for it a little bit too when I heard that I was on the short list of hosts. You know, I'd Heck call yeah. my contacts at uh, Discovery and be like, "Hey, just so you know, I'm, I'm into it. Get me in there. I'm into it. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Whatever you need." Whatever you that's a heck of an opportunity, and it must have been something to do. It I mean, was, that's like a thing you remember for the rest of your oh, life, Oh, absolutely. Right? It was very, very cool. And um, Have such... you ever been over there or anything? No. No. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. No. All of that stuff all in one yeah. shot. How long were you there? We were there for a week. So actually eight days. I had one night in Cairo and then uh, in Minya on the Nile for six nights, and then one more night in Cairo, and then flew back to uh, Florida. Cool. Yeah, and then literally put a hat on, and then all of a sudden I'm in Barrett Jackson mode. He's Chris Jacobs again <laughs> yeah, exactly, from, exactly. from, uh, from Velocity. Oh, I shouldn't say it's not Velocity anymore. I made that it's mistake Motor the Trend other day. now. It's yeah, Motor Trend mm-hmm. TV or just Motor Trend Network. Motor Trend. I think it's Motor Trend. Motor Trend. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to fancy it. Yeah, okay, exactly. gotcha. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? I thought the oh the printed would be Motor Trend and there yeah. would be another. Right. Uh, when did that happen? Because we've been it happened on uh, Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, was the official. Switch okay. from Velocity to Motor Trend. We had Mike Brewer here recently too, and oh, he was yeah. talking about He's it. And the, it was the same kind of thing. Yeah, you. I'm sure uh, you guys yeah. all know each other. We, right? Yeah, I know Mike very well. Um, Discovery upfronts. He's, up front he's and stuff. Uh, he's guest hosted. He and Ant have guest hosted a few times on Barrett Jackson. Oh, it's no always fun to have those guys on. 
Um, but yeah, Mike and I go way back. Yeah, he's he's a riot. I love that guy. He's a riot. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest. All right. Um, well, switching from live TV to uh, a show I still haven't seen. Again, I mentioned Cord Cutters. But I'm really, really uh, um, intrigued by Long Lost Family. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that or where it came to be and how you got to be involved? Absolutely. Well, um, first of all, it's a show where we reunite people who were adopted with their birth families. Mm-hmm. Um, that's generally the case. Sometimes it's siblings looking for each other, but there, there is usually adoption involved. And um, the reason that I'm the host is that's my story. I was adopted and uh, reconnected with my birth mom when I was 20. Four, I think. Ooh. Um, so it's, uh, was it's that your doing? Been a long time. Yeah, I looked for her. She she turned out was looking for me too. Oh wow! Um, That's the best possible scenario, <laughs> isn't it? It was kind of amazing the way it happened too. It was the shortest search in the history of searches. Uh, I had been looking for a little bit, and uh, my brother's wife at the time heard an advertisement on the radio in Chicago for this place called Truth Seekers. She knew I'd been searching. So these are all the like the dominoes that fell, which like the stars just totally aligned. It was crazy. I, I, I need all that stuff because I absolutely love those stories. Cool. So please. Yeah. So so she hears this advertisement. She calls me up. I call them. I talk to this lovely woman named Susan. She says that a nationwide search costs around a thousand dollars. I was in law school at the time, so I was like, you know, I think I can scrape that together. I'll see what I can do. But you know, let's get it's the process it. started. Yeah. And this is in the years before the internet, so you had to do the research yeah, by good old fashioned or yeah, different exactly. kind of work um so she said give me all the information you have i had the hospital where i was born i had my birth date obviously and i had her name from the adoption decree so i gave her all that info she said all right we'll get your file started um send us the money when you can i said no problem uh i went out did some uh some errands came back there was a, a message on my answering machine. Uh, this you know, dates me a little bit. <laughs> no, my answering, answering machine, machine yeah. right? It's blinking. <laughs> Hit play. And I say, hey, Chris, Susan from True Seekers, give me a call back. I think we have good news for you. And I was like, you know, what could the good news be in an hour? She's going to give me a discount. bought a loaf of bread. 900, you know, whatever. So uh, I call her back, and uh, she said, well, it's amazing. It turns out your mom registered with us in 1988, the year I turned 18. Um, oh, wow. And so, and about seven a, years prior? I paid a, yeah, seven Six years. Years. I paid a $35 registration fee, put us right together. We exchanged letters, and then the next time I was in Chicago, we met in person. What and was we've that had like a relationship uh, ever since. It was You're great. 24, I think, 25 years old. I think it would be more emotionally impactful now if it happened in my late 40s versus my early 20s. Just so because, because you're not a fully formed human being at 24. You understand life now. Yeah. Yeah. So it was obviously a very joyous reunion. I was very happy that that I finally have these answers. Yeah, I know who she is. She can tell me what happened. She can tell me what her story was. The what and why of it all, right? Yeah, exactly. Sure. You know, she was 19 years old. Her and her uh, high school sweetheart uh, had you know unexpected pregnancy. She tried to keep me for a little while. She wasn't able to do it, so she placed me for adoption. A very typical story. I was going to say um, common tale. But, uh, yeah, uh, but it, I think if it happened now, it would be more of an emotional scene. Um, it's always an emotional scene when we reunite these people on, on Long Lost Family. Must be. Makes me cry every time. I can't even watch the show or I'll start, you know, 
it'll it'll hit me. Like I, I hear the theme song, and I start to you know well up. That's what happened to me. You posted something I think maybe last season, but you posted like a clip or whatever. And it might have even been like a mm-hmm. this season on or something like that. And it was the music, and it yeah. was the people, and right. the emotions. Yeah, and it totally got me. That's yeah. why I want to watch the show. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. And we just started season. I think it's season five. They, oh, wow. they, they either call it four or five because they, they we did one season and they split it into two. So it's I think I think technically it's season four, but the TLC of it it's season five. Gotcha. Anyway, we've made like fifty five episodes so far. We've got two in the can so far this season, and we're making six more for this season. And uh, so fans of the show, I mean, it's it's amazing. You think car car people are fanatical about cars? Mm-hmm. Genealogists are fanatical about genealogy. My co-host Lisa Joyner and I went to a thing called Roots Tech, which is like a genealogy fair in Salt Lake City. Wow, there's this whole other subculture world out there. They are so into it. I mean, whether or not they're touched by adoption, people who are into finding their family history are so into it. It's amazing. Like, even more fanatical about it than car people are fanatical about it. It's hard to believe. Yeah. It's it's that kind of vibe, um, but it's great because it introduced me to a different audience. Like I, I now have that kind of demographic in my fan base, which yeah. is great. So it's like, well, it's a tearjerker, man. And you're it, the, it really you're the is, yeah. car guy. I yeah. mean, it's really awesome. It's very <laughs> well, really these, rounds you out. There's it's, these odd odd parallels to overhauling too, because there's oh the a separation. The you know, there's a separation. <laughs> person is removed from their car you know child is removed from mom there's a, a search <laughs> there's some consternation and then all of a sudden there i am and i'm bringing them back together without uh, a disguise hopefully with no disguise yeah no disguise um so yeah it's it's those odd kind of uh, similarities between the two shows but obviously the emotion in each is very heavy and that's uh, in a positive way and, Does uh, it make that's you what feel it... good to, 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 to make those connections and to, to be a part of all that with oh, these absolutely. people? I mean, these are moments, again, like the moments that they'll never, ever, ever forget. You know, here. there's a certain amount of pre-production that needs to go into these shows because we got to put all of our ducks in a row. Um, but there are, there are two moments on the show, three really, um, that cannot be faked, cannot be pre-produced, and are absolutely genuine. And those moments are when... Um, I meet the person who is being looked for. So, you know, if, if you guys were, were mother and child and, and you're looking for your dad all these years and I find you and I go, Hey, you you know, your daughter's looking for you that moment when I tell them that I found them. And then I go back to the daughter and I say, Hey, I found your dad. That moment of course is the most impactful on the show. And I always try to, you know, make it that way for television purpose, but it's like you can't fake that emotion. That's real. That's right. like it's you're as real, don't it's need as, to real as it, it gets. Exactly. Yeah. And then, of course, the moment <clears throat> is when the two of them when they are meet. reunited, and that's really the big, you know, crescendo moment of the show. And you know, you just, you just if you do not feel something when you see that happening, you're an absolute robot. I mean, yeah, that's I'm, what I'm getting I'm a little getting emotional at. right Absolutely. now, just kind of thinking of the numerous times that it's happened and we've had two absolute home runs so far this season and uh every single one of them is just you know amazing 
That show's on TLC. TLC, yep. And um, it'll be back soon. We're not it'll, sure exactly it's it's coming soon. And you can catch all of the old episodes on the app, which is TLC Go. Um, and then, of course, all the episodes of, Mo- of Overhaul are available on the Motor Trend app. Oh, that's um, great. The backlog yeah. of episodes. Uh, Every single catalog. episode of Overhaul is available on Motor Trend app. No way. Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. That's a lot yeah, of you time. Really cool. I'm looking a, forward a to lot. it. I didn't have to <laughs> download that this morning. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I'm telling you to download it. Exactly. Why haven't you already? For all Chris uh, Jacobs viewing. Yeah, but there's there's a hundred and, I want to say like a hundred and fifteen or so episodes of Overhaul. Oh. I mean, there's a, there's quite a quite a backlog there. Good grief. I just love that show. I love. I mean, makeover shows are fun anyway, and then car stuff is fun anyway. And and, and uh, did you have you had a multiple uh, uh, other co-hosts with you on that show, right? Yeah. Uh, first, it was Courtney Hansen. Right. Yeah, and then um, the commercials nowadays. They see on the commercials. Yep, time. yep. And she uh, she's got a, a new show that she's doing with um, Troy Ladd on okay. Hollywood Hot Rods. Okay. Um, and then uh, there was um, AJ. Uh, and then there was Jesse briefly. And Jesse then, Combs? Yeah. Oh, I remember she her from was the on, Mythbusters Yep, days. she was on there with us, I think, for a season. Mm-hmm. And then Ariane Celeste was on for the last season. Okay. So, yeah. But is uh, that, is that... Chip, and I, Chip and I are the only two people who have been in every episode of Overhaul. Yeah. I was going to ask, is that easier or harder to have people coming and going while you guys uh, are trying to do yeah, your Yeah, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really make a difference. I mean, um, they're all great. Sure. All of them were, were very knowledgeable and contributed to the show. Um, but, uh, yeah. That brings me to something else. Somebody I see you with all the time on social media because you're working together all the time is uh, Christy. Um, yeah, Christy Lee. Christy yeah, Lee, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, we're, together, we're together on uh, Barrett Jackson. She does All Girls Garage, and she just started doing Garage Squad. I love watching uh, you guys throw back and forth at Barrett. Yeah. Yeah, I, she, I do. I, I don't know why. There's something very fun about it. She, she's, she's great. Way knowledgeable. Yeah, she she really is. Um, and she's a, a motorcycle person yeah. first. You That's know? awesome. Yeah. Uh, so she's very knowledgeable about motorcycles, and we have a lot of fun together. Do you um, ever ride at all? Uh, I do. I actually, um, one of my very first jobs after I became an actor was the spokesperson <laughs> for the Motorcycle Safety Foundation. Yeah. So what? I was the guy. If if you wanted a motorcycle license in California, you had to watch my video. Get yeah. out. And I think Stop. they just recently stopped using it. I'm pretty sure I watched that when I got my you, license you may years have, ago, yeah. 10 years mm-hmm. ago, something like that. Ironically, I did not do any riding in the video. It was all like, you know, fake riding. But uh, I was the Motorcycle Safety Foundation spokesperson. Yeah, yeah. That's a riot. Yeah. What? Uh, you're on the road all the time, right? Yes. Your, your, your Probably half the your year. Your schedule's nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, other than playing golf, which I see you do a yes. lot. Yes. What do you do for your own fun, like for your own time? Uh, what relaxes Chris Jacobs? Not leaving Toluca Lake. Really? Relaxes yeah. me. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> I have a motto, NLTL, never leave Toluca Lake. <laughs> so when I'm home, I like to be home. Yeah. I don't like to get in my car and, you know, go anywhere if I don't have to. Um, golf, obviously, like you said. Hang with my friends. Uh, I had a dinner party at my house last night where I uh, barbecued and drank oh, a bunch of wine. And great. That's like the, that's like the perfect night. For me, is just to hang with my friends, friends and mellow at home. At one of our houses, you know, we all live in the area and uh, kind of bounce around from each other's houses. But a lot of golf, um, obsessed with golf. Are uh, you good? You must be good if you play. I'm okay. I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm I don't a, know much. I'm about a ten it. handicap, so average. Well, that sounds pretty good. It's, I mean, you have a handicap. Right. You're right. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if you're if you, <laughs> you play, play a lot often. of golf, you have to have a <laughs> handicap. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, that that relaxes me, obviously. Um, Do you you play here at the what? The yeah, one I right play the at uh, Lakeside. Yep. Um, uh, I got a buddy who lives on the lake who's got a boat, so we oh, cruise around great. in his boat. Um, on my the buddy, lake. My buddy Dana. The yeah, there actually is a Toluca Lake for people who don't know. I um, always say that too, but isn't it like concrete? I mean, it's man-made, right? It, it's not man-made. It's actually a, it's a natural lake. It has oh, since been that. concreted in. The yeah, large one has. I didn't realize that, Yeah, though. the small one. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, it makes me have a it's better... spring-fed, which is why they call that Street Valley Spring. I have a better all... appreciation for it mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and it used to be, we're going back to the 1910s and 20s, but it was an open lake. Like, you could walk right up to it. Mm-hmm. Now it's completely enclosed by uh, houses. But um, they filmed an episode of The Little Rascals on that lake. Uh, That's the, amazing. The Toluca Riata, which is what the uh, the uh, the race was called. They had a boat race. What kind of? A rowboat race? <laughs> yeah, it's like a rowboat race. Yeah, exactly. Oh no, it was, it was really small. But, yeah, if you, if you Google uh, Little Rascals um, Toluca Riata, you'll, you'll get the, the pictures. Um, from that episode, that's but I, I love like Toluca Lake history, yeah. like all of the celebrities who've lived here, and that's why we moved here. Bob Hope, it's wild out there. Yep, exactly. Bit, you know? Yep. Um, uh, my house was built in 1933, so it's one of the oh, old few Hollywood. remaining real Hollywood bungalows. You know, it's kind of cool. sad what's happening with some of these houses getting torn down and these Everything. McMansions yeah. going up. Yeah, um, but. Uh, yeah, we it, are definitely getting old, by the way. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, you can't can't stop the clock. As <laughs> there I said goes before. the neighborhood. But I, I love living here, and um, yeah, I mean that's that's what I love to do. My I, my job takes me on the road so much. I don't like really go on a lot of vacations because, you know, I, I feel like I'm on vacation when I'm on the road. Do you really? When you're working? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, you know, I always try to find cool things about wherever I am. Okay. I'll do the research and, and I'll you know, so you can hit, go explore a little bit when you travel for yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. That's so cool. Yeah, hit up the quirky thing, yeah. whatever's going mm-hmm. on in that mm-hmm. area. You know, down to like, uh, you know, I've been to uh, Francis Scott Key's gravesite. You know, just because no that happened way. to be <laughs> the, what to do <laughs> where I was. So He'd be cool. turning over if he knew they turned that into a song. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, just I, I, I try to really just enjoy myself while I'm on the road. And, um, uh, and at home when you get back. And when I get home, I, I just really, really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, I, get, I, I have a very – sounds like a cliche, but I have a very blessed life. I really appreciate my life and my friends and what I get to do and – it's cool. Without sounding nuts, I would say that that translates in your work. Yeah. That, that you're a, yeah. a more grateful person. You're not just, a, hey, what's up? I'm on TV again. Right. It's me. TV buddy. I tried so hard not to be that guy. You're so I'm, not. I'm glad you're to hear not. that I'm Good succeeding job. in that. Um, I'm conscientious of your time. I want to get you out of here. We're just over the hour. Um, but it means so much that you that you did take the time and, and come over here. I do know how busy you are. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on here. This is a really cool uh, thing you guys are doing. I, I love the setup. This is amazing. <laughs> It's crazy, uh, right? <laughs> and, and the fact that you guys are local, it's uh, it's absolutely great. We're going to be moving to a studio at some point, but even that will be up the street someplace cool. in some neighborhood that you probably already know. Nice. Um, thanks for being here, man. It's my really, pleasure. I really appreciate it. My Mrs. Pleasure. Ryan, what do we have tomorrow? Uh, I think oh, Sam's Sam Tripoli is on tomorrow. That's good. Comedian, Comedian Sam Tripoli. And then Friday, it's back to Breakfast Club. Yeah. Back at Newcomb's Ranch, yeah. Uh, come on out, 9 a.m., stuff like that. We'll talk about it tomorrow. I love you very much, Mrs. Ryan. We love you very much, Chris Jacobs. Thank you very much. We love everybody at home. Please love one another, and we will see you tomorrow with Sam Tripoli. Have a great night.